Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com is the email address. Ratchet Book Club is where you can find us at on Twitter. Leave a review on Podchaser. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review Stitcher. Leave a review on uh, Cast Pocket Cast, Cast Box, Cast Attic, Podcast Attic. I don't, I don't, I don't know. The three main ones are really uh, podcast. See, fuck these guys. The three main ones are actually Podchaser, Podchaser separate shows, and then Apple Podcasts. Because you can leave a review for the show overall, and then you can leave a review for separate episodes on Podchaser, which makes it better than all those other ones. I guess the fuck is their names? Like seriously. Castbox. That was the name. I was close. I wasn't. Fuck those guys. So Anyways, they're not sponsoring me. Why do I fuck those dudes? Um, so I had to tap out on chapter two. I wasn't going to read chapter three because chapter two was just the worst. I mean, the end of the cartel book one, chapter 14 and chapter 13 was bad enough, but this was just, oh my God. Um, so hopefully it's a new day and, um, we move forward. We put that fuckery behind us. Chapter three, me and more six years of lockup in juvie was too much to even recall. And again, I still think that it's crazy that she got six years for defending her sister, but they wrote the book. I just read it. The loneliness, the abandonment, every day spent in there took a little bit more of my sanity away. It was bullshit. Day in and day out, it was the exact same. The only thing that kept me going was the fact that Anissa was waiting for me on the outside. My mother tried to come and see me, but I never accepted her visits. I didn't have shit to say to her because I felt like there was no excuse. She wasn't there for Anissa and me when we needed her most. And as a result, I got locked up and Anissa had skeletons in her closet that she would harbor for the rest of her life. I didn't fuck with my mother, and I probably never would. All Anissa and I had were each other. That was enough, and she did my time right along with me, keeping my account full as well as visiting me weekly. I never regretted my actions. Not once. That's part of the reason they made me do all six years. They had me going to therapy as if I needed rehabilitating. All I had to do was show remorse, and they would have let me go early. 
but remorse for a motherfucker like Perry was something I couldn't even fake. I hated him. He deserved to die, and the older I got, the more I truly understood that I had done the right thing. Nobody knew the connection I had with my sister. Everyone kept saying that my actions weren't justified because I was never actually raped. But fuck everyone who thought that. And fuck you too if you're thinking that. Eventually, my turn would have come. And before it did, I erased that nigga from the map. I did what was necessary. And if the tables were turned, I know Anissa would have done the exact same thing for me. The day I said goodbye to lockup, I promised myself I would never go back. Doing that much time as a child had turned my heart cold. I had changed, but it wasn't for the better. Anissa was waiting at the gates. She had really grown up. As I admired her true religion jeans, matching top, and Zanotti pumps, I knew she was doing well. Her hair was cut short in a bob. Her light skin was radiant, and she had the smile of a woman who had seen no struggles. She looked truly happy, as if she was able to let go of what had happened to her. My big sister was beautiful. She was a grown-ass woman now, and I hoped to leave the past behind and be just like her. Why are you describing her to us like you hadn't seen her every single week? Like you're surprised to see her or something. You just said you saw her weekly. I was 18. Not yet a woman, but definitely not a little girl. I was on my own, and the world was at my feet. All I had to do was conquer it. Me and more, she yelled as we ran towards each other with open arms. Hey, bitch, I replied as we embraced. We hugged and cried in excitement. I'm so glad you're out. I missed you, Mia. Anissa got teary-eyed and put her hands on my shoulder so she could look me in the eye. I already knew what she was about to say. It was something that had been in the air for a long time. I'm so sorry, Mia Moore. I love you. You're my sister. I'm so happy that you did what you did. You saved my life. I'm just so sorry that you had to go through all this behind my bullshit, Anissa said. Anything you need, I got you. First thing we got to do is get you out of this bullshit-ass jail gear. I nodded, and we hugged once more before hopping in the car, leaving skid marks behind us as we sped off. She was whipping a nice little Chrysler 300 with leather seats and tinted windows. It wasn't a Benz, but the shit was fly and more expensive than the average whip. We rode into Brooklyn, and the first place we went to was a salon. My hair was long as hell because I kept it braided while I was locked up. When my shit was freshly permed and wrapped, it was down my back, all natural, no weave. My skin was flawless, and my figure was on point. I made sure to work out daily, keep myself lean and feminine in the process with curves in all the right places. After shopping and getting me a completely new wardrobe, we headed to the apartment that Anissa shared with her man, Murder. I was tripping at how freely she spent money. She was cashing out on me like it grew on trees. Even giving me five stacks to keep in my pocket until I got on my feet. Her carefree attitude regarding money had me wondering what she did. Because I knew her ass wasn't working. I can't wait for you to meet Murder. He's really good to me. That's my baby. Anissa bragged as she smiled and batted her eyelashes. I looked at her in high regard. At first glance, no one would have ever been able to tell what she had been through. She was a shit. And I admired her for being so strong. I would have thought that she would have never been able to trust a nigga. 
I sure as hell never would. A man who will watch us grow up for years have betrayed us without a thought. If he could fuck us over, then I'd have put shit past any other nigga out there. Love wasn't in the cards for me. What kind of name is murder? I asked. Anissa laughed and replied, It fits him. Trust. That's the perfect name for that nigga. I shrugged as we parked in her building. You live here? I asked as we got out of the car. I looked up at the tall sky-rise building. Anissa answered, Only the high life, babe. I'll put you up on game later. Right now, let's get you settled. Walking into Anissa's crib, weed smoke invaded my nostrils, lifting me into a contact high almost immediately. Babe, come out here, Anissa yelled. Murder walked into the room with a blunt hanging from his lips, his aura commanding my attention and respect instantly. Anissa had definitely done well. The nigga was fly. His chocolate complexion and lean figure were attractive. He had a ball player's height, but was a bit on the skinny side. It looked like Anissa weighed more than he did. His face was average, maybe even a little below average. But when I inventoried a man, I considered more than his looks. The jewels that were hanging around his neck indicated his status. And the fact that he had my sister plushed out in a luxury condo was all the evidence I needed to know that he was getting money. How? I didn't know. But he was definitely papered up. He walked over to Anissa and kissed her cheek with casual nonchalance. He grabbed a couple of Heinekens out of the refrigerator and tossed one to me, then handed one to Anissa. You must be Mia Moore. I've heard a lot about you, he said, his strong New Yiddy accent complimenting his words. What the fuck is Yiddy? New Yiddy. New Yiddy? Is that what y'all really say in New York? Is that the move? Yep. New Yiddy is another way of saying New York. And I'm just flabbergasted. I'm sorry. I'm flitty. It's nice to meet you, I replied. Thanks for letting me stay here. Not a problem. Your family. Anissa put me up on everything that happened, and I respect it. You can set yourself up in the extra room, he said. Murder sat down on the couch across from me and passed me to Blunt. Although I had never smoked weed, I accepted it. I had a lot of adjusting to do, and a lot to think about as far as my life was concerned, but I didn't want to stress it. I embraced the temporary relief and put the blunt to my lips. I inhaled deeply. Big mistake. My virgin lungs rejected the weed instantly, and I coughed uncontrollably as I put my hand over my mouth trying to hold the cough in. My shit was on fire, but I was mostly embarrassed because both Anissa and Murder were cracking up, having a big laugh at my expense. You never smoked before? Anissa asked as the burning finally eased in my chest. I cut my eyes at her and shook my head no. Her ass knew damn well I had never done shit before. Fuck smoke, drive, even flirt with the opposite sex. Hell, I had just gotten out of lockup. I was a virgin to everything. Green to the game. Everything that the average hood chick had experienced by the age of 14, I had never been able to do. Then we about to break you in. Murder stated with a small grin. Anissa and I sat up all night, catching up on each other's lives, filling murder in on our childhood and the few good times we had experienced. He didn't interrupt but instead passed the weed back and forth while letting us do our thing. He just sat back and observed like a gangster would. The weed had me so relaxed and I knew that I found my new favorite pastime. 
By the time daylight crept through the curtains, we were all fucked up. The time had flown by, our reunion making up for the time we were separated. Smoking and drinking all night had me done, but it was the first time that I felt comfortable in a long time. I was home, and it felt good. Real good. The ringing of the phone the next morning was like tiny bombs going off inside my head. And when it didn't stop, I figured that Anissa and Murder were just as hungover as I was. Forcing myself to get out of bed, I got up and made my way to the living room. Hello? I answered. Before the caller could respond, Murder appeared behind me and snatched the phone from my hand. He hung it up quickly without even seeing who was calling. Don't answer the phone and don't use this phone. I handle business and business only on this line, he said. His tone was stern, and I wanted to ask him who the fuck he thought he was talking to, but I held my tongue. He was letting me stay at his house, and it welcomed me with open arms, so I didn't want to create conflict over something petty. I frowned, but before I could say a word, he went into his pocket and pulled out a wad of money. He peeled off $500 bills and held them out for me. Take this and get a cell phone today. No one uses this phone, alright? He said as he softened up his tone. I guess he realized that he had been kind of harsh. Yeah, okay, I said reluctantly. The fuck is up with that, I thought as I made my way back into my room. I know this nigga don't got bitches calling here. What else could be so important? I made a mental note to discuss with Anissa and went back to sleep. Bet Buck, murder mama's got their name from this nigga. They're going to find out that he's actually a hitman or something like that. And Nisa's working with him. And so they're going to become his murder mamas like Charlie's Angels or some shit. I decided to not even bring the phone thing up the next day. Anissa seemed happy. And I wasn't trying to be the one to break up her happy home. Murder hadn't really shown me shade. I was just making assumptions. So I swallowed it. Hey, sleepyhead. Anissa greeted as I walked into the kitchen. She set a plate of pancakes and eggs in front of me and kissed the top of my head as if I was her child before taking a seat herself. Hey, niece. I'm so fucked up right now, I said with a half smile. The food will make you feel a little bit better, she replied. Did mommy ever try to contact you? I asked. She tried, Anissa said vaguely. She sighed deeply. Look, it's like this. I don't have any family. Family's there for you. They protect you. And mommy never did none of that. The only family I got is you. What about murder? I questioned curiously. I wanted to know how deep their bond was. I never wanted to see Anissa hurt again. Not by murder or anyone else. He's good to me. I care about him. He makes sure I have everything I need. I'm glad he's a part of my life. But with him, you can't really plan ahead. I have to take it as it is today, because one day, he's not going to make it through that door. We both have a clear understanding about where we stand. It works between us, because neither one of us is looking for love. He doesn't disrespect me with other chicks or nothing, but if it ever came to that, I'm not tripping. He's security, and I need that right now. Nothing more, and nothing less. I really couldn't understand why she had murder on a short-term relationship plan, but I didn't question her. She knew him better than I did. And in your relationship, there's baggage. And she knew what murder was carrying. Can I borrow your car? I asked. You know it, babe. She replied without question. That was one of the reasons why I loved her so. She wasn't on no fake shit. What she had, 
she was more than willing to share with me. It had always been that way. If there were only two pieces of bread left, we split it and made ghetto one-slice sandwiches. Never understood that shit. I mean, I've made a, a one-slice sandwich when there's only one slice of bread left. Yes. But if there's two slices of bread left, nigga, make a sandwich and cut it in half. I guess while making a, a, a one-slice sandwich, you're getting a whole slice of bread to yourself instead of possibly cutting it wrong or something like that. But if it's the butt end of the bread, then you're getting the smaller piece anyway. So just, you know, stack them niggas up and cut it in half. Stop playing. If she came across a... Also, I never knew that that was ghetto one-slice sandwiches. I didn't know that. I just thought it was a half of a fucking sandwich. If she came across a dollar, then she changed it out and we both have 50 cents. I knew that she would give me her last. And it made me love her even more. Where are you going? I gotta stop by the mall and pick up a phone. I answered the phone earlier this morning and murder kind of flipped, I said. Oh, that ain't shit. He only gives that number to people he does business with. Don't worry about it. Even he takes his personal calls on a cell phone. Did he come at you wrong? She asked, getting defensive. No, it wasn't like that. He just let me know not to answer it. He's good. I like him. I think he's cool people, I said, calming her down. Well, I'm chilling today. You can call me if you need me. My keys are on the table. Don't crash my shit, Mia Moore. Your ass probably can't even drive, she said jokingly. Bitch, I got my L's. I took the class in lockup for having good behavior, I answered as I went to dress. You? Good behavior? I know you lying now, Anissa said. Not one scratch, Mia. I'm not playing, she warned, her voice following me out of the room. She knew me all too well, because there wasn't a damn thing legal about me being behind a wheel. But I was anxious to spin the block. I just wanted to go out and spread my wings. Putting on brand new seven jeans, red stilettos, and a white Ralph Lauren top, I dressed and applied MAC cosmetics. I admired myself in the mirror. Everything about me screamed fly, and I knew it. I was only 18, so yes, I was arrogant as hell and itching to get into something. Before I could even hit the door, Anissa stopped me. Run the mails, Mia Moore. I want to see your license before you hop in my car, she said seriously as she sat on the floor in front of the coffee table, rolling a spliff. Murder was stretched out on the couch behind her, his hat dipped low, pistol on his waistline, and flipping the channels on the 72-inch plasma TV. Anissa, ain't nobody gonna crash your car. Stop tripping. I'm just going to the mall, I pleaded. I'll take her. I'm going that way anyway. I gotta pick up a new joint for that job I'm into tonight, Murder said as he stood. Fine by me, long as my shit come back in one piece, Anissa said. I'll teach you how to drive later this week and take you to handle the official paperwork. The last thing you need is to run into Jake out there with no license. You just got out. I'm just trying to keep you out, sis. I rolled my eyes. She could tell I had an attitude. Anissa knew she was wrong for sticking me with a babysitter, but I obliged and followed Murder out of the condo. We didn't talk until we got to the parking lot. He tossed me her keys and gave me a smile. I'm driving? I asked in surprise. Fuck I look like. Your chauffeur? He asked smoothly as he stepped into the car. Anissa's your big sister. She's overprotective. I'm going to teach you how to drive. I was geeked in all smiles as I got into Anissa's car. Murder leaned his seat back and put one foot on the dash. 
Do you, he said with a grin. I turned the ignition and adjusted the seat. Anissa was a little bit taller than me. Once I was comfortable, I put the car in reverse and backed out slowly. My heart was beating out of my chest, only because Anissa's ass made me nervous. Relax, you're good, ma. You control the car, not the other way around, Murder reassured. I nodded my head, took a deep breath, and switched gears to drive before pulling out of the parking lot. Murder was silent as I crept down the streets of New York. Impatient drivers flew past me and I stuck up my middle finger as they drove by, causing Murder to laugh. What? I asked as I laughed too. Nothing, ma. Nothing at all. Construct on the road. Fuck whoever's behind you, he said. I put in a CD and the sounds of R&B filled the car. The music eased some of my apprehension and I relaxed behind the wheel as my foot became heavy on the gas pedal. Before you knew it, I was cruising, snapping my fingers to the beat while murder rode shotgun, never interrupting my flow. The fact that he trusted my driver made me trust myself and all of my fears went out of the window. I was whipping through the hood like I had been doing it for years. I was on cloud nine as I listened to Keisha Cole's latest joint. I had never been in a relationship before, so I couldn't relate to the lyrics in the song, but it didn't stop my head from spinning from the feelings homegirl was screaming through the speakers. I couldn't see myself giving my heart to anybody, but I was feeling the song as if my heart had been broken a thousand times. Before I knew it, I was pulling into the mall. See? It's easy, Murder stated. He had to be the coolest nigga I had ever met. He was so laid back, yet his demeanor was so hood. Come on, don't have me in this motherfucker all day. You can hit up all the shoe shops and shit with niece, but with you and me, we in and out. Cool? Okay, I responded, but in and out became a full day of me tearing up the mall and murder carrying my bags. I couldn't help it. The little shopping spree that Anissa had given me the day before hadn't quenched my thirst. Murder wanted to complain, but he didn't. I could tell from the look on his face that shopping wasn't really his thing. He allowed me to shop until I grew tired, and I felt like I had a personal bodyguard with me the whole way, the way he was mean-mugging niggas who were trying to get at me. You ready to leave? I asked. We've been here all day, and you haven't bought one thing. He sighed and gave me a half-smile. Nah, go ahead. Get whatever you want, ma, he said. It's on me. I was like a kid in a candy store, picking up everything that I had neglected to get when I went shopping with Anissa. By the time I was done, it was dark outside, and as we walked to the car, Murder asked, You hungry? I could eat, I responded. Murder put the bags in the trunk and walked around to the driver's side. I'm not driving, I asked. He put his hand up and I tossed him the keys. Nah, I don't got time to coach you through it right now, sis. I gotta get to my man before his spot closed. Then we'll go grab some food. Call Anissa and see if she's hungry. I called Anissa and she declined our invitation to dinner. I don't feel like getting dressed. Y'all go ahead. Just bring me back something, she said. I agreed and then disconnected the call with her. She said bring her something back. I reached for the radio to turn it up, but Murder popped my CD out and tossed it in the back seat. Driver picked some music, he said smugly as he ruffled my hair. I slapped his hand away and laughed while he turned the radio all the way up. We all for our lives. What do you bring to the table?
Jay-Z's lyrics filled the interior, and no words were spoken, but it was a comfortable vibe between us, and the more I became acquainted with murder, the more questions I had. He drove until he pulled up to a pawn shop way out in Queens. I looked around the dark alley we were parked in. A chill went up and down my spine, but I shook the feeling of fear. Get out, he instructed. He popped the trunk and pulled out a pillowcase, then entered the building from the rear. When we got inside, older white man with wire-rimmed glasses sat behind the counter. Who's the girl, he asked immediately, causing my heart to flutter. The old man shot me a look of suspicion that had me feeling out of place. She's good. I vouch for her. She's my little sister. Don't worry about her. Let's just handle this business just like every other time, murder stayed with authority. You always come alone, the man insisted, still eyeing me. I pretended as if I wasn't paying attention, but I was picking up on it all. I was so aware of my surroundings that the sound of the seconds ticking by on the clock made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Come on, Schultz. You know me. This ain't a new routine. I don't do bad business, and I never bring heat to your establishment. She's with me. She's cool, murder stated, never showing an ounce of intimidation. He put the pillowcase on the countertop, removed three pistols, and then placed two thick wads of money next to him. I need to make these disappear, and I need another one, an automatic. The man rose, then locked the front door, flipping the sign to close. Follow me, he said. Murder grabbed my hand and I reluctantly followed him down a long hallway, then down a flight of steps. It was so dark that I couldn't see in front of me, but there was a strong pungent smell in the air. I wanted to cough, but I didn't. My breathing was labored, and I held on to Murder's hand a little tighter for reassurance. Where the fuck is this nigga taking me? What type of shit he into? Has Anissa ever been here? I asked myself as a thousand and one questions plagued my mind. I didn't know what I was about to see. And when the old man turned on the dim light, and I sighed in relief, they fucked up by putting and. When the old man turned on the dim light, I sighed in relief and released Murder's hand. I felt foolish for letting my imagination run wild. The old basement walls were filled with guns, all types, sizes, and calibers, along with three large barrels that contained some kind of liquid. The man gently placed the three pistols Murder had given him into a metal crate, then slowly lowered them into the barrel. The liquid bubbled and sizzled for a few minutes before making the guns disappear. He then pointed to the arsenal of weapons behind him and said, Take your pick. What would you like this time? Murder quickly wrapped up his business and led me back out to the alley. Once we were safely back in the car, I turned to him and said, What was that all about? Don't worry about it, Ma. That's not for you. The only reason I let you inside is because it was dark, and I didn't want you in the car for too long. That's the last thing I need is the fucking nigga up over you in the middle of Queens. You still hungry? Nah, I'm alright. I'm tired now anyway, I lied. I just wanted to get back to Anissa and find out what the fuck was up. She knew exactly what Murder was into, and now I was curious too. But before we got out of the car, Murder grabbed my arm. Yo, me and more, he said. Yeah? I looked back at him and noticed the serious expression he had on his face. I know that you and Anissa are close and I would never come between that, but I need you to keep what you saw tonight to yourself, aight? The way he looked at me wasn't menacing or intimidating, but sincere, 
as if I held his life in my hands. I knew that it was important to him. I had never kept a secret from my sister in my life. She was my other half, and I owed her everything, whereas I owed murder nothing. But for some strange reason, I nodded my head in agreement. Chapter 4. Me and more. Months passed, and as Anissa and I grew closer, so did murder and me. It should be murder and I, shouldn't it? Anissa and I spent day in and day out together. She was my love, and although I wasn't a little girl who followed everything that she did, I still admired her greatly. Most days, we were shopping or taking day trips to the spa. The notion of getting a job was never an option, because Murder made it clear that his lady didn't need a job, and since I was just like Anissa, he was claiming me too. So I wasn't to lift a finger. The only thing I did was count his money. The average chick would have been jealous of how close Murder and I had become. I rode shotgun in his car more than Anissa did, but she wasn't tripping because it wasn't like that. Anissa never planned on being with Murder long term. She was just riding the wave, she would say. When the ride was over, she was getting off. She would always say that there was no room for love in the life he was living. And since he always said he was never giving it up, they maintained a relationship. They pledged that I would never let it get too serious. He looked out for her, though, and I knew he would do anything for her. Because in the short amount of time he had known me, he gave me his all. He called me his little mama and kept me grounded. Because he said fucking around with Anissa, I was becoming a diva. All in all, life was good. But I still had no idea exactly what murder did to fund the lifestyle. All I knew is that when the phone rang, it meant money. Sometimes after answering it, he would be gone for days. But when he come back, I'd have a whole lot of new faces to count. Big faces. Ben Franklin's. Before I knew it, I had been out for a year and my birthday was rolling around. Anissa had spoken to Murder about throwing me a party, and although he wasn't really feeling the idea, he consented anyway. I was turning 19 and feeling myself more than ever. The past year of my life had been amazing, and I couldn't wait to celebrate. Murder rented out a tri-level loft in Brooklyn and invited the entire hood out to the affair. He even paid young Jeezy to perform. As I dressed for my big night, I oiled my body down and applied body shimmer before putting on a chocolate Fendi dress with gold braided straps to crisscross in the rear, revealing my toned back. My wide hips, flat stomach, and shapely behind had my dress hugging me precisely. My gold stilettos and noddies and gold matching clutch were the perfect accessories. The dress was short and completely opposite of my normal attire. I was usually geared. Always fresh with skinny jeans and a cute blouse or tops with heels. But that night, I was letting my grown woman on from head to toe, leaving very little to the imagination. My hair was curled and hung down my back, while my makeup was professionally done and gave me a dramatic, smoky look. As I sat on the bed and fastened the ankle strap on my shoe, Anissa walked in. Her strut was runway flawless, and her dress effortlessly sexy. You look like a grown-ass woman, Mia, she complimented with a smile. I've been that. You didn't know? I asked with a smile to match. Anissa pulled a Tiffany box from behind her back and handed it to me. Happy birthday, Mia Moore. I love you. I opened it and gasped the diamond necklace and matching tennis bracelet. Thank you, Anissa, I said with a big hug. Anissa laughed and replied, I had to give you my gift first. Murder's gift to you is shitting all over mine.
I highly doubt that. I put on the necklace and bracelet just as Murder knocked on the door. I didn't show it, but I was excited to see what my big bro Murder had gotten me. I couldn't imagine anything topped the niece's gift, though. It's time to... He stopped mid-sentence and nodded his head in approval when he saw me, as if my appearance had taken him by surprise. You look beautiful, sis. Happy birthday. Thanks, I blushed. Is it time to go? He nodded and held out his arm for me. I grabbed him and walked out with him, with Anissa trailing behind us. We were almost out of the door when Murder's business line began to ring. He stopped mid-step. Murder, come on, not tonight, Anissa said, raising her eyebrows in annoyance. You're right, he said. He kissed her on the side of the cheek. It's about me and more tonight. I let Anissa walk ahead and I whispered to Murder. Go ahead and get it. I'll keep her on ice for you, I said, knowing that if Murder didn't answer the call, he would be thinking about the money he missed for the whole night. Cool, he said almost as if he was relieved, and he rushed to the phone and picked it up. I talked to Anissa on the way down to the car and told her that he had to use the restroom to distract her. Moments later, Murder came rushing down the stairs and caught up with us. He went to Zaya me to say thanks, and we got in his car and headed to the party. We arrived at the club and the line was out the door. It was ridiculous the amount of people who had came out. Undoubtedly, they weren't all there for me. I didn't fuck with anybody, and I had no friends beside my sister and murder. But just the fact that the place was packed in my honor pleased me. We stepped out of the limo with a million eyes fixed on us. We bypassed the line and walked straight in, making our way to VIP. I felt like a celebrity, and I was all smiles, and so was Anissa. Wait, is his car a limo? Because she said they got in his car and headed to the party. Is he a limo driver? <laughs> Murder had an uncomfortable look on his face as he escorted us in. I could tell he was uncomfortable around all the people. His head was on a swivel, and his arms stayed tucked in his hoodie, palming his pistol as we entered. That nigga never took a day off. He was always on his toes, and I had to respect it. The entire place was decorated in turquoise and white. There are already bottles of Chris, Remy Louis 12 Grand Cognac, and bottles of Moe spread out in ice buckets around my spot. The music was already at screaming level, and the party was going at full blast. If you need anything, let me know. I'm going to watch the niggas handling my money at the door and make sure everything goes smoothly. You have a good time. This is all for you, Murder whispered in my ear. I nodded, and we all sat down to get it cracking. Murder frequently peeked into the main room and checked on us, and then he would head back out to the front door. He didn't mingle at all. Instead, he sat back and watched me and Anissa do our thing. I was walking through the party, the DJ plugging my name every few minutes, making it known that I was a guest of the hour. After that, I was shown mad love. Niggas were pinning money to my dress and buying me drinks, regardless of the fact that I had $500 bottles sitting on ice back at the table. Anissa and I were doing it big, dancing and getting fucked up. I was 19 and still a virgin, and the slew of fine niggas in the building had my hormones on fire. If I was a different kind of chick, I would have had one picked out for the after party. But Anissa had already groomed me. Niggas treated you how you allowed them to, and I was never going to be anyone's AM jump off, so I kept my rage and emotions at bay. After circulating the building a couple times, I was about $3,000 richer from all the birthday money niggas had given me.
They were all trying to put their bids in to see who I was going to choose. But little did they know, I was going home alone. I didn't fuck with niggas who paid to play. Because a bitch like me wasn't for sale. I was tipsy, but Anissa was loaded. Niggas were really on her because she had the body of a goddess. And her dress was barely covering her ass. Her dress looked like it was sprayed on. And the bottom of her ass cheeks kept showing as she constantly had to pull down her dress to cover herself. It was all fun and games until Anissa broke her own rule and became one of the drunken bitches in the club who ended up getting carried out. I noticed her stumble a little. Niece, you okay? I yelled, trying to be heard over the music. She shook her head. I need some air, she admitted. I grabbed her hand and led her out to the front entrance where murder was. He saw me trying to keep Anissa balanced and rushed over to help me. What happened? he asked. She had too much to drink, I explained, while trying to keep her steady. Maybe we should just go. It's getting late anyway. Anissa shook her head. No, Mia Moore, it's your party. I just need to sleep it off. You stay and have a good time. I could take the limo back home. I'll be fine. Are you sure, Anissa? I don't mind coming with you, I replied. No, stay. The night isn't over yet, she said. Murder helped her into the limo and tipped the driver to take her home and make sure she got into the condo safely, then turned his attention back to me. You good? he asked. I know how to handle my liquor, I said with a smile. I learned from the best. I was referring to him because he and I had gotten fucked up together plenty of times since I'd been home. Go have a good time. I'll be in shortly. We're closing the doors in a half an hour, he said. I went back into the club and made my way to the table, but was detoured when I felt someone grab my hand. I turned around to the sexiest nigga I had ever seen in my life. No bullshit. His gray eyes penetrated mine and I smiled. You're grabbing me like you know me or something, I said with an attitude as I snatched away flirtatiously. He held my hand up and I did a sexy half spin so we could admire what I had on. Drake's latest hit came on and we began to dance. The dude's hands felt good on my body, and I was beyond intoxicated. Any other day, I probably would have smacked the shit out of him. But when my song came on, the liquor told me to make an exception. I was rocking my hips and grinding on him sexually, having a good time, until I felt someone snatch me up. I looked up to see murder glaring at the nigga. Is there a problem, my nigga? The dude asked. I don't know. Is there? Murder asked. The look of rage behind Murder's eyes surprised me and told a story all his own. The dude stepped back with his hands raised in surrender. No disrespect, fam. I didn't know she was with you, he muttered. If he did have a chance with me, after seeing him bitch up so easily, he for damn sure didn't have one after that. Murder snatched my ass all the way across the dance floor and into the back of the loft until we were in a quiet room. The fuck, Murder? Why are you tripping? I asked. Don't make me fuck one of these niggas up, Mia Moore, he said in an overprotective tone. Nigga got his hands all over you. He was yelling, and I had never seen him lose his temper. I was speechless. For the first time, I saw a look in his eyes that I had never seen before. I guess I had seen it before. It had been there all along, but this was the first time that I had acknowledged it. There was something in the air between us. We were dancing. That's it, I whispered. It wasn't a big deal. We had spent so much time together before, yet this was the first time it felt awkward. My heart was racing and my palms were sweaty. 
I was nervous around him. Not because I was afraid of him, but because of the way he had me feeling. I didn't want him to be mad at me or to be disappointed in me. I cared a lot about what murder thought of me. I left the room and chilled at my table while murder hugged the bar until the party was over. After the entire place cleared out, murder approached me with the last bottle of champagne in his hands. It had a red ribbon tied around it. You have a good time? He asked. I nodded. I did. You're too good to me, I said aloud. I didn't mean to upset you earlier. It was innocent. You acted like I was fucking dude or something. I know, Mia Moore. I overreacted. I don't like the idea of a nigga disrespecting you. I will murder a nigga over you, Murder said sincerely as he looked me in the eye. Pop one last bottle with me? He asked. I nodded and gave him a half smile as he filled two champagne flutes. He popped the cork. What? How he popped the cork if he already flapped? He popped the cork, causing champagne to spill over the top. Happy birthday, Mia Moore, he said. To you. To me, I agreed as we raised our flutes. One bottle turned into three as we laughed and conversed with one another. We were both toasted by the time we decided to leave. In my mind, I went over all the times I had been around murder. We had formed a bond with one another and it started off innocent. But as I sat across from him, I felt my heart beating furiously inside my chest. The feelings and thoughts I was having were far from right. They were not the feelings that one has for her big brother, but ones that a bitch had for a nigga she was trying to make her man. I was slowly admitting to myself that I was feeling them in a deeper way, and that fact was tearing me up on the inside. He held out his hand and I followed him out of the loft. My heels echoed off the concrete floor, and when I got outside, my mouth dropped open at the sight of a silver SL550 bin sitting there with a red bow wrapped around it. I turned around and looked at Murder. This is my car? I asked. He smiled charmingly, and I already knew the answer. Oh my fucking God, I yelled as I ran around to the driver's side. The keys were already in the ignition, and I admired the custom leather seats and the wood grain dash. He stood outside, leaning on the back door as I explored every aspect of the car. I jumped out and hugged him tightly. Thank you, thank you, thank you, I screamed excitedly. This is too much. Murder grabbed my hands and intertwined his fingers with mine. Feelings of guilt instantly came back, because we were both letting the liquor cloud our judgment. He kissed my forehead, something that he had done many times before, but my body had never reacted like this. Butterflies fluttered in my stomach, and I felt like I had to throw up, while tiny darts of electricity awakened my southern lips. Murder, I whispered as I wrapped my arms around his neck. What up? He asked in a low, raspy slur. I stood on my tiptoes and kissed his lips. I couldn't help it. The voice in the back of my head that was telling me to stop was overpowered by my growing attraction to him. Murder was my brother, literally. He was Anissa's man. Even the thought of he and I were wrong, but everything about his touch felt right, like his fingers were made exclusively for me. I was so lost in his embrace. He lifted me, his hand supporting my bottom as I wrapped my virgin legs around his back. I had an itch that I desperately needed scratched. I could smell the alcohol in the air, and I moaned as my head fell back in ecstasy as his tongue molested my neck. 
Please don't use the word molested after that last chapter. Please. Anissa's face popped in my mind, and almost simultaneously, murder pulled away from me as if she had invaded his thoughts too. Wait. Me and Moore, we can't, he said out of breath. We can't do this, Ma. I could hear the disappointment in his voice. If we had met in another time or another place, then we would have been so right for each other. But we hadn't. He belonged to Anissa, and I loved her more than I loved myself. How could I do this to her? I thought as I instantly sobered up, the sting of betrayal causing my eyes to burn with tears as I wiped my lips in embarrassment. I'm sorry, I said with a hint of sadness in my voice. It should have never gone this far. I know, he agreed as he rubbed the top of my head. We both knew that we had just fucked up. I know, he repeated. How do I tell my sister something like this? She'll never forgive me, I whispered. I'm so stupid. Murder pulled me close and kissed the top of my head. Don't worry about it, Mia. I couldn't stop the tears from coming down my face. She's going to hate me, I cried hysterically. Shh, Mia Moore, shh. Don't cry, Ma. Your sister loves you. I heard about you every day before I ever laid eyes on you. You're all she talks about. She made me love you, Mia Moore, before I even knew who you were. We both made a big mistake. That's it. She doesn't have to know. I would never break her heart like that. We can't let this happen again, though. It's not meant to be. It was the first time I'd ever let anyone penetrate my heart besides Anissa, and I didn't like the sacrifice it took to love another person. Love costs too much. I learned on that day that it was sacrificial. In order to obtain it, I would have to hurt someone else, more specifically Anissa, and that was something I refused to do. My sister had endured enough pain in her lifetime. We both had. And although I yearned to know what happiness felt like, I refused to do it at her expense. As we got in the car, I cried on the inside. This was one more emotional scar that I had to deal with. Me and more, murder called as he ruffled my hair playfully. I knew that he was trying to switch the mood back to what it used to be. Playful, brotherly, and pure. But I moved my head away from him and didn't respond as I stared out the window the entire ride home. I already told myself that any unnecessary interaction between us would have to stop. I had never been naive. I knew that things would never go back to the way they used to be. See, I figured that was going to happen. The first time that they rode in the car together, I thought he was going to try and push up on her. And you blame Anissa for this shit. I learned to love you before I even met you because of what she said about you. I fell in love with your voice through the phone. Like you always just, I pictured you as being such a wonderful, lovely person. And then it was true. And I couldn't help but fall in love with you. Touch my dick. Like, dude, you can buy her a million benzes. That does not give you the right to, first of all, get a 19-year-old drunk as shit. I mean, I, I guess that was like the way it was. But you got a 19-year-old drunk as shit, gave her a nice-ass car, and then started trying to make out with her. And then you're like, oh, no, this is wrong when she said this wrong. Like, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. This messed up, this wrong, this wrong. I shouldn't have done that. That's my bad. I shouldn't have done that because, you know, your sister... Yeah, uh, you want to do it again, though? And you know the way that she said that, he's going to try and push up on her again in another chapter. Somewhere down the line, something's going to happen. 
trying to ruffle her hair and go back to the way it was because he knows. And it's weird because he and Anissa's relationship, they stated clearly that he and Anissa's relationship, she didn't care if he, if he had another girl, but I know that he would definitely care if the girl was me and more. So yeah, you done fucked up, dude. Like murder, that's fucked up. But somehow still, he's going to end up dying in a way that makes them name their group after him. Because she's never going to tell Anissa what happened. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Leave me a review on Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. Um, let me know where you left it at. I'll find it. Um, yeah. Become a Patreon member at patreon.com backslash single simulcast. Buy me a book or a movie at buymeacoffee.com backslash sscast. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'll holler at you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name,